Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week seven preview show. How are you doing? You ready to talk some games? ACC after dark style. It is very much after dark. Yeah, Mike, we record this the evening of Wednesday, October the 13th. It is currently 11.36 Eastern Time. Uh, it has been quite the week for both of us in terms of work and travel and other responsibilities. And so we are just, uh, we're going to make this work. Uh, it, it's late. We've had some drinks. We <laughs> we've got other things going on, but we're going to do our very best here. We always do. Make what, it work. The, the, Sorry. Oh, the drinks part? Make it work. Or like the, the best Oh, part? well, that's, that too. Although I am on day four of not drinking. Because, like I mentioned in the recap, I died on Saturday. So, I don't know what the opposite of a bender is, but you're kind of on it. I guess this is yep. what they call being on the wagon. You, you've been on the wagon for a while. How does it feel? It's, it's called being BYU. <laughs> There's a lot more jokes we can make about that. Let's uh, wait until Virginia plays in, here in a few weeks. That alone. <laughs> yep, we should probably leave that one alone. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, as mentioned, it is week seven. We have a bunch of games we need to preview. But before we do that, I, I felt like the proper way to kick off this episode was to uh, kind of follow up on a request that we made to the people last week because the people have come through for us. Yes, they have. We got reviews. We have reviews. Mike, you challenged the people. I forget if it was on the preview show or the recap show of last week. I think it was the recap. Um, you challenged the people to, to come and give us some reviews. We haven't gotten some in quite a while on, uh, on iTunes in particular. And we said that the funniest one would get read on the air. And, Mike, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out which one is the funniest. So I think we just read them all. I have my pick. You have your pick. All right. I, I have an idea of which one that is. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. I do. Um, I have my pick, actually. Um, let's, okay. let's start here uh, from C. Grondon 77. I believe that is Chris Grondon. Uh, uh, it is. Mars on Twitter is a Virginia fan. Says, best ACC coverage. Says, I'm now in my third year of listening to the show, and the hosts and the content are great. I'll add a sixth star to the review once the Mike McDaniel, I like Virginia soundbite is made. I hope we get further and further away from the episode where I dropped that reference so that you just forget about it. Well, it's yeah, funny uh, you mentioned that, you, Mike. You, and, and Chris, you. I'm sorry, what was you. that? I was saying, I, just to be clear, Chris will never forget it. I want you to forget it, Joey. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Mike. And, and Chris, I'm glad oh, you no. asked. Because oh, no. it turns out our friend Mike does have thoughts on Virginia. Uh, Mike, what was that again? Virginia's awesome. I, I agree, Mike. Virginia is awesome at throwing the ball on offense and all that. And and I think oh. we should make sure to remind the people that you said that as often as possible as we talk about Virginia through the rest of this season and maybe the rest of this podcast's future. Oh, good. You cut it up already. Excellent. I sure did. Made sure to use the, uh, the original recording, too, to get it in the highest definition that we could. <laughs> oh, no. And if you're listening to this right now, no, Mike did not know that I did that. Did not know that I was. I did. I didn't. I didn't. I'm learning this live on the air. <laughs> so. so one more time, Chris, uh, thank you for your review. You now owe us a sixth star because Mike said Virginia's awesome. They sure are. Moving on, Mike. 
from Smoon Hooch. Who? Um, careful, because you couldn't mispronounce this. It turns <laughs> yeah, out. Right. Careful. That's that's a mouthful in more ways than one. It sure. <laughs> God. It's funny because I know how you misread this before the podcast. Uh, the title yeah. <laughs> is informative and enjoyable. Yeah. Mike and Joey are deranged ACC football fans oh. just like the rest of us. Great recaps and previews every week. Like having a beer with friends who know slightly more than I do. Two thumbs up for their almost unbiased coverage. Go Hoos. Uh, guilty as charged on all of that except for knowing more than you. Yes. I was going to say, I think I know slightly less. And by <laughs> I, I mean we. I was going to say, have you listened to our picks? We're, we're, we're going to get to Van Gorder coin balances here in a minute. And you're going to find out just how little we know. <laughs> hey, Joey, I have I have a request here. Yes, sir. Please allow me to read the next one. Please do. Please do. Okay. Our third and final listener review is from Yo Ryak. Go ACC moment of the week. Because Joey and I, as we reminded you on the week six recap, we did not have a Go ACC moment of the week, but our listeners always come through, Joey. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Go ACC moment of the week. Bally Sports carrying Georgia Tech versus Duke game with none of my football partners able to see the game. Man, is that relatable or what? <laughs> Been there. Been there. You're right. You're right. Continues to the rest of the review, which is quite funny. Uh, in a world, in a world light on ACC content, these guys are awesome talking ACC football. Have listened to every show walking the dog. <laughs> Had to put earphones in because the dog was hooked on fading Joey with her bookie. <laughs> there it is. That meant the bookie was getting mad because the dog was making money by fading my picks. <laughs> I hope the dog has continued to fade your picks because we got updates to the Van Gorder coin balances, Joey. <laughs> we sure do. We sure do. Thank you to Chris Grondon, Smoon Hooch, and Eurake. For the, uh, the kind words, thank you for, to them and for everyone else who's given us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, much appreciated. You guys you know, you know, guys came through for us. Really appreciate it. Uh, those who haven't, there is still time. There is still time. You can go give us five-star reviews, write funny things. And you know what? I'm just going to commit that every time I go look, if I see a new review that I find funny, we will read it on the air. How about that? There it is. There it is. Mike, as you mentioned, we have updated Van Gorder coin balances, and it's not good. <laughs> It's not good. It's definitely not good. We, no, we promised uh, you we make picks. We we didn't promise you they'd be the right picks. No, no, we did not. Um, and in fact, Mike, you are still in the lead with we again once again for all the people we know. We we started with 500 Van Gorder coin on the season. Uh, we now are wagering certain amounts of Van Gorder coin on certain games to kind of represent confidence in those picks, uh, more so than just the other general picks that we make. Mike. From the 500 Van Gorder coin starting point, you are down to 448.95. I am down to 363.80. Uh, I am down eight, a full 50 Van Gorder coin last week. I went 0 for 3 on Mike Picks. There you it is. were down only 31.80 because you went 1 for 3 and uh, actually got something back because Georgia Tech and Duke went under by like two points. Love that. Yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> I continue digging myself a hole here, and I'm not sure I'm ever going to get out of it. We might, might need to start doing some desperate stuff here. We'll see. Yeah, like mortgaging your kid's future. <laughs> well, I would say it would be the first time, and it would. Be. Charlie, have you ever thought about? <laughs> Charlie, have you ever thought about the military? You ever thought about community college? Like, <laughs> oh, oh no, no. <laughs> 
Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do, make it affordable. Dad can't afford it because uh, the ACC just is what it is. Charlie, have you ever considered stripping? <laughs> hey, it's 2021. You're allowed to do that as a career, even as a man. Um, whatever pays the bills. <laughs> Mike, we, we're going to get into these games. As always, want to remind the people that all of the spreads and all the totals and everything else that we talk about here is brought to you by BetUS.com. Mike, it's America's favorite sports book. It has been in business for over 30 years now. You can go bet on college football. You've got, again, spreads. You've got totals. You've got team totals. You've got uh, prop bets, all sorts of things, Heisman odds, conference betting odds, all sorts of great college football betting can be done on BetUS.com. Same thing for NFL games. We've got the MLB playoffs well in action. My Braves just clinched to go to the NL NLCS. If you want to bet them to beat either the Giants or the Dodgers, we don't know at this point, you can do that on BetUS. The NBA is kicking off. Mike, there's politics and world events, all sorts of things you can go play on on BetUS.com. Use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100 on BetUS.com. Once again, promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. Go play on BetUS.com, Mike. Yeah, do that. And if you really want to get rich, just bet on the Red Sox and win the World Series. <laughs> we'll see how my Astros do on the uh, ALCS against them. We'll see. That's right, man. That's right. That's right. Mike, let's kick it off. We've got a weeknight game, sort of. It is 7 o'clock on ESPN on Friday evening, and I cannot think of a better way to kick off the weekend than going to the Carrier Dome in upstate New York where the Clemson Tigers are a 13-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Syracuse Orange. Total is 45. Uh, Mike, the first thing I feel like it's important to bring up here is that this line has come down. <laughs> I was looking at it earlier. It was 14, 14-and-a-half. 14 it's down to 13-and-a-half. Is that significant to you? Does that have to do with you thinking Clemson's real bad or – you think Syracuse is finding something because I think we might have a little bit of both. I was, was going to say, this feels like a little bit of a column A versus column B situation, and I think it might be a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. Agree. Uh, we, we've seen Clemson in this spot before on a Friday night at the Carrier Dome with a much better team than the one they have now, and it has not gone particularly well for them. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, Syracuse's team at that time was much better than the one we're seeing right now. But if you had to pick one team that had more of an identity, would it be Clemson or Syracuse at this point? And before you answer, think about it long and hard because it's a little bit closer than you might think. Clemson's defense is really freaking good. We're aware of that, right? Beat up. Syracuse's offense. Beat up. Very good. Syracuse's offense got a little bit of something going in the running game, Joey. And that's with the quarterback and the running game and the running back with Sean Tucker and, and Garrett Trader, a quarterback. Got a little bit of something brewing there. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I think going into this contest, I think I can definitively say at this point that Syracuse has a better offensive identity than Clemson. I cannot believe that that's a sentence that I am muttering out of my mouth. Week seven of the 2021 college football season. But that's where we're at. That is exactly where we're at. Uh, this is... Uh, this is interesting. I I think Syracuse is the pick. I think so too. I think they're the pick. I 
and I can't, you know, part of me seeing that on, on paper is a little bit scary, just considering what Clemson's been in the, basically since the, the dawn of this podcast and what Syracuse has been outside of really just like one season. It's incredible to think that I believe Syracuse is the pick here, but they're at home. I think they got a little something offensively. And even if they don't, is Clemson good enough offensively to pull away? No. I, I, I don't think they are. I mean, they, they haven't proven it yet to this point. So one of the greater feats in, in college athletics so far this year on the football field has been Clemson keeping it within a touchdown of Georgia. Like, I can't believe this Clemson team has kept it within seven points of Georgia this season. I it's mean, unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. You can't? Unreal to me. I Georgia's be- winning the national. Sorry, Joey. I, Your jokes are going to have to cycle. It's, it's not a joke, though. Like, I can believe it with Clemson because their defense is good enough to hold down an offense that was that simple, straightforward, you know, like it, Georgia's not a dynamic offense. They're going to, they're going to run it down the throat of all these bad defenses that they play. Like that's fine. Yeah. But you know, at some point they're going to run into another defense similar to Clemson and it's going to cost them. Like that's, I'll, that's the I thing. I don't know when that's going to be though. I, I, I don't either. I mean, it's probably they get to Atlanta for Crazy. the SEC championship or getting into the playoff. I mean, but but until then, this is not about Georgia. The point is, Mike, Clemson's defense is really <laughs> anyway, good. Yeah. But the other point yes. is that Clemson has played four games so far against FBS teams. They have yet to score 20 points in regulation. And you're That's telling not me, good. And you're telling me they're given 13 and a half, especially against a Syracuse team that's starting to find, like you said, some identity. They're starting to find a bit of a groove on the ground. Like and, and I realized that last week it was Wake Forest, and Wake Forest's defense versus Clemson's defense is kind of different animals. But at the same time, I mean, Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker ran for, what, nearly 300 yards or something last week? Like, I don't know how sustainable that is against a Clemson defense that's been as good as it has been. But at the same time, right. Clemson's defense is also a little bit beat up. They're a little bit maybe like they've got reason to quit on this season or you know not to really give their all. Um, I'll point out too that as good as Clemson's offense has been, their worst output all season last year on a yards per play basis was against Syracuse. Syracuse was the only game last year that they did not break six yards per play on average, and that's that's a it's a very simplified down you know metric, but Syracuse, I I think Syracuse is the play. You're giving me thirteen and a half, like. I don't know that they're going to win. I, I I really do think that Syracuse is going to need to figure out how to throw the ball a little bit to have a chance to to win this game. But like, can 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 Clemson win this game like seventeen to seven? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Something like that. So yeah, give me give me cues. I feel good about it. Give me hell. Give me fifteen Van Gorder coin on Syracuse against Clemson. Things I did not think I would be saying like a month and a half ago. But here we are, Mike. The implied score here is like twenty nine to sixteen. Yeah, no, Ish. that's, that's too many. I mean, is Clemson scoring twenty nine points? I don't on anybody. So. I mean, I, did they did they fix it all during the bye week? I don't think that's the only kind of like lingering 
you know, call it a, a you know gambling boogeyman here of like who knows is Clemson is coming off a bye week and maybe they got a little bit healthy, maybe they figured a couple things out. Well, I feel like we'll know pretty quickly. I think elephant in the room here too is Syracuse's defense could just end up being bad, which I would say would be pretty significant. The issue is that I mean Clemson hasn't exactly taken advantage of a bunch of bad defenses either. I mean, how would you rank Syracuse's defense against Georgia Tech, NC State, and Boston College? That's what I'm saying. Like, Syracuse is probably third or fourth worst on that list, right? But, I mean, again, collective shrug, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Syracuse's defense isn't so bad that Clemson all of a sudden is going to figure it out offensively. I think if Clemson, if Clemson plays well and scores a bunch of points – I think it'll have more to do with Clemson finding something during the bye week than it would be like Syracuse all of a sudden being an absolutely atrocious defense. I mean, just relative to just thinking relative to who Clemson has played so far and relative to what we've seen out of like Syracuse's defense in comparison to those opponents. Yeah. I mean, Syracuse's defense could be quote unquote bad, but is it like definitively worse than any of the defenses you mentioned? No, no, not definitively worse. Not not like, like significantly worse to the point where Clemson's taking advantage of a, a bad defense. But even to this point, I just don't think they're in that space offensively to make that happen. Uh, I am on the under, but I can't put I can't put anything on this game. Clemson coming out of a bye, uh, coached by Dabo. Garrett Trader could throw it to the wrong team a few times. I, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on betting anything on this game. Garrett Trader, I think could Clemson throws a few times at all. Yeah, and and just to just to clarify for all the all the young whippersnappers out there, I think Clemson wins. I think Syracuse covers. I'm with you. Give me Clemson. I think this is Clemson like 17-13 or something like that. Like something kind of ugly, low scoring. Um, I, I definitely think this is an under. I don't see this getting even into the 40s. Like, just the, the, like Clemson's offense has not been any good. And I think Syracuse is at least well coached enough on defense that they're going to cause some issues for DJ Uyangalale, uh, Big Cinco, as it were. And Clemson's offensive line has been a mess. I think they can cause issues for them. So give me Syracuse. I got 15 Van Gorder coin on them. And give me the under. And I got 15 Van Gorder coin on that as well, Mike. I, I feel. I feel pretty good about how this game is going to play out, which is a really weird thing to feel and say, I will say. It couldn't be me betting on Syracuse. Oh, uh, one last question, too. How many more games does Clemson lose this year in the regular season? Hmm. Let's see. They're, what, they're three and two? They are. If let's, Okay, let's set the over-under at one and a half more losses. Is that is that right? I'm going to go under. I think they lose one more time in the regular season, and then I think they probably lose in a bowl game with various amounts of players either playing or opting out. This feels like 9-4 and four or something. Yeah. 9-4, and four, including the bowl game. I kind of want to say they might lose twice. It's just it's, it's, a, it's a struggle kind of lining those losses up with who they got left. Yeah, that's why I'm saying one. Yeah, at Syracuse, at Pittsburgh, home against Florida State, at Louisville, 
home against UConn, home against Wake Forest at South Carolina. I mean, I they're not going to lose to UConn. They're not going to lose to South Carolina. So you got to lose more than one of those other five conference games. Like, yeah, one one is probably the right answer. That's probably the right answer. I think, yep. Yeah, I mean, they could lose to Louisville or Wake. Would it change your mind if they lost on Friday? Yes, I would say over. If they lose Friday, they could they could lose two more games in addition to that. That's probably fair. All right. If they lose, if they lose Friday, I, I know we need to move on. But if they lose Friday, I mean, they could they could lose five games. Yeah, I mean, there there definitely could be some like quit factor at that point of just yep. just pack it up. We're done here. Yep. Yep. So, Syracuse in the under for both of us. I've got 15 on each. You've got no wager. Uh, Mike, let's move on to Saturday, 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The number 22 NC State Wolfpack are a three-point favorite on the road. Taking on the Boston College Eagles, total is 52. Mike, both of these teams are off of bye weeks. Who does that give an edge to? Probably gives a little little bit more of an edge to Boston College because it gives Dennis Purcell another opportunity to kind of get used to being the starting quarterback in that offense, like another week to kind of get his feet under him in practice and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's like a definitive advantage for, for one team over the other. But I think if you had to give the advantage to somebody, it would be BC because of that. Yeah, I think that's right. And and I, it's, it's a little odd seeing the spread where it is because like, I mean, I guess NC State is the road team, but right. I, I feel like NC State is comfortably better than Boston College yep. to, a, to yep. a degree that I, I feel like it should be more than three, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, NC State minus three, lock it up. Hey. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I like it. I like it. I mean, better quarterback, better running game, more consistent running game anyway. I mean, Pat Garbo III just has moments, so I don't want to take anything away. But NC State's got the more consistent running game. they got the better quarterback in Devin Leary. Uh, it was probably 50-50 with Phil Dracovic, but, you know, head-to-head, I'm taking, I'm taking Leary over Rosell. Um Defensively, I think NC State is, is right there with BC, maybe a little bit better. Uh, coaching, I think it's a wash. So I'm on NC State. I think they're the better team. I've now locked them up on two different podcasts this week, Joey. So I'm all in. I will be betting this game this weekend. I think NC State wins comfortably. Give me 20 Van Gorder coin on NC State to win. I'm also on the over here. I think both teams are going to be able to score in this football game, but I think NC State gets the requisite amount of stops at the end on the road. I don't think Boston College can keep up in a shootout, and I think this game could get pointsy. So give me NC State in the over. I think the higher-scoring game favors NC State a bit more than lower-scoring because I'm just not sure that Dennis Grossell can can win a high scoring game because you're going to you're going to put the ball in his hands too many times. And that is generally not, not a good thing over the course of a larger sample size. Yeah. The implied score here is something like 28, 25, you know, 27, 24 or something in that, in that range. Um, 
I kind of wow. see NC State getting past the 30-point mark here. I, I'm kind of with you on that over. More importantly, Mike, I'm, I'm with you. And I and I think of NC State coming out of the bye week and, and everything is in front of them, right? You realize that they are in the driver's seat in the Atlantic Division having the win over Clemson. Like, I realize that Wake Forest is undefeated and they're ranked and, and all that, but, like, Wake Forest still has an uphill battle against the Tigers. NC State has that that tiebreaker that nobody's been able to have in that division in years. And so I think it's if, you, if you've just spent a bye week thinking about the rest of the season coming up, you're still, you know, I'll, I'll say you're largely healthy. There's a couple of key in- injuries with Peyton Wilson and a couple of guys on the defense, but... I mean, a lot of your key playmakers on offense, your quarterback are all healthy. Things have been going well for the most part so far this year. I just think it is so easy for Dave Doran and that coaching staff to have this team so focused and ready to go and ready to take on, you know, these next seven games, all you know, straight conference games from here on out to try to close this out and win the division for the first time since I don't even remember. Have they won the Atlantic Division before? Uh no. I don't think they have. I kind of don't think they have, yeah. So I I just think we're going to see a very focused and, and ready NC State team here. I think they're probably going to give up some points to Boston College, and that's not – it's not a slight on NC State's defense as, as much as I just think Boston College's coaching staff is very good and they're going to scheme some stuff up. And they're going to get the most out of Dennis Grissel, um or Grossel or Grossel – Gross? Whatever. Um, they're going to get a lot Pretty of – Pretty much just gross. They're going to get a lot out of Dennis Grissel. Um but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm with you. Give me NC State. Let's just go ahead and lock that up. Why don't we? You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. And, uh, yeah, 20 Vink Order Coin for me as well on this. Um, I, I feel good about NC State in this particular spot. Even on the road, I just I, – I think with the whole season in front of you, I think they're going to be just fine here. Yeah, I agree. And maybe BC will prove us wrong and, and- – continue rolling with the backup quarterback and that'll speak more to Jeff Halfley I think than than anything else the the ability to get another quarterback ready and Phil Dracovic's said would be pretty impressive week over week yep absolutely NC State and the over we both have NC State locked up for 20 Van Gorder coin let's keep moving here Mike I, I don't know if you're aware but there's something coming up here in a few weeks that is something of a tradition here on this podcast. It's called the Tecmo Bowl. Uh, and that's where your Virginia Tech Hokies play my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And it's a special occasion every year because that is where we get to decide who is the real tech. And uh, Mike, unfortunately, Georgia Tech is not playing this this week. But if the people are looking to get some gear together to try to be ready for the Tecmo Bowl here in a few weeks, we got the place for you to go. Section103.com. Section103.com is exactly where you want to go to support Georgia Tech as the real tech. Here in a few weeks, uh, all of all of your best, you know, the best Georgia Tech wear on the internet is found there. Uh, go find, they've got official word marks, the ATL logo that's on the field and on a lot of the helmets and such. Uh, they've got apparel with that. They use the official tech gold and all their, on their, all their stuff. They've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. Mike, I just got another hoodie in the mail today that is meant to replace the one that went missing and I haven't been able to find. And my wife says she has no idea what happened to it. And I'm pretty sure she's lying. Um, but I got another Jesus. hoodie to replace that. And uh, it is in- also incredibly comfortable. It's one of the performance hoodies. I love it. 
I'm taking it up into uh, Colorado with me this weekend as we go on a trip to try to stay warm. It looks great. Mike, the people need to know that we are doing the whole Section 103 magic thing on Saturdays. Wear your Section 103 stuff and tweet pictures at us of you wearing it. We'll probably retweet it. And we will get that going, try to support Georgia Tech as they seek to become the real tech here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Mike, the people, when they go to section103.com, they can use promo code GOACC for 10% off their first order for all sorts of great Georgia Tech apparel. It's high quality. It looks great. They've got stuff for men, women, and children. Something for everybody at section103.com. Once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Love it. Mike, at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2, the other team vying to be the real tech. Your Virginia Tech Hokies at home taking on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Mike, Pitt is a five-point road favorite. Total is 57.5. Pitt coming off a bye week. My question for you to frame this game up, and I realize that this is a little bit, maybe a little bit hyperbolic or something, seeing that Virginia Tech is 3-2 and and they've only played one conference game. But I just from some of the things that we've talked about, maybe maybe I'm I'm reading a little bit of your writing over at SonsOfSaturday.com. But I just get the impression that this game has a little bit of a Justin Fuentes job on the line feel to it. Is that is that am I making too much of this? No, I mean every big game on the schedule is a Fuentes job is on on the line. I mean, year in year six, you continue to lose close games both at home and on the road. This pit team looks like a coastal favorite. I mean, I think this is the biggest game of the year for Virginia Tech since the opener against North Carolina. And, I mean, I, I don't think that that's a surprise to anybody, just considering the implications of this game versus the game Virginia Tech just lost last Saturday. This, this game is infinitely more important. You know, Virginia Tech was not good enough to be a playoff team, they already lost to West Virginia, who's probably going to go seven and five. Like, it was a tough road loss. I don't think anybody's going to just totally burn the burn the city of Blacksburg, town of Blacksburg, down over the the West Virginia loss on the road. I mean, some people might, but I'm not going to be one of them. But uh, this game is infinitely more important than any other game Virginia Tech has played since that opener against Carolina. So, yeah, it's an important one. I mean, if Virginia Tech wins this game, every other coastal team now needs to be two wins better the rest of the way. So this is a pretty important game for Justin Fuente and the Hokies. Virginia Tech, if they if they win this game on Saturday, they have a commanding lead in the coastal. Like it's gonna be pretty tough. It's gonna take honestly like a little bit of a collapse, which I'm not saying Virginia Tech's incapable of. <laughs> we know they are, but it's going to take a little bit of a collapse for for them to not win the coastal if they lose this game on Saturday or if they win this game on Saturday. Yeah, I'm trying to right? I'm trying to think of like how I would frame up like Pitt and Virginia Tech are the only teams in the coastal that are one and zero, and then after that it's Virginia, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina at two and two, two and two, and two and three. Duke is zero and two in conference play. The only yep. other team that's only played one conference game so far is Miami, who's 0-1. And, and they're toast because, well, as we'll get into in a moment, D.R. King's out for the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's important as well. Right. Um, this, this very much has a little bit of a coastal championship game feel about it, which, again, is kind of bizarre to say when Virginia Tech has only played one conference game. 
Um, and so has Pittsburgh. But at the same time, it's looking at what else has been going on around him in the division. Like nobody else is particularly well positioned to, uh, to jump up and win the division. Um, just again, kind of strange the way it's, it's all played out, but that's, that's our ACC lifestyle, Mike. Um, I think I like Pittsburgh in this matchup, honestly, like it, it, five points on the road. I don't know if, how much I love that in particular, but like, do I think Pittsburgh is going to get the job done and beat Virginia tech? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. And it's, it's somewhat to do with it. Just the way that Pittsburgh's offense has been rolling. Like I think some of the stats are a bit overplayed. Like, do I think I, I've heard Kenny Pickett a couple of times described as like one of the best quarterbacks in the upcoming draft, which maybe that's true, which really just says a lot about the quarterbacks in the upcoming drafts. Like, I don't know how much I buy that, but this offense is is working at a high level. Not to mention that defense, the run defense is fantastic. And Virginia Tech's offense is not really what I would call like a high flying passing attack. So I like, do I trust Virginia Tech's offense to score like 20 points in this game? Not really. I don't know how they do that. Then again, I didn't know how they do that against Notre Dame and they scored like 29 points. So, hey. It me, the village idiot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech's offense played pretty well last Saturday against Notre Dame. They played pretty well. And then now, the quarterback started popping pain pills on the sideline. Like, Right. So, I, yeah, I, um, it's interesting because I, I agree with you. I, I think some of, I think Pittsburgh's offense been, has been very good. And I think that, the receiving core is good, and, and Kenny Pickett's been the best version of Kenny Pickett we've seen in his four-plus years at, at Pitt. He's been awesome, and they still can't really run the ball, but it hasn't mattered all that much. So I think if I think if Pitt scores like 27 points in this game, they win, you know? Mm-hmm. It just kind of has mm-hmm. that feel. And, and the thing about it, too, is, you know, you look at who, who Pittsburgh has played, right? And it's been a little bit up and down in terms of caliber of competition defensively that, that Kenny Pickett has faced. But with that being said, I mean, I, I think there's, there's, an oppor- there's certainly an opportunity, and this is on the table, that Virginia Tech is the best defense that Kenny Pickett has seen this year. I think that's on the table. Now, the issue for Virginia Tech is that you have to give that defense an opportunity to rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that has been an up and down proposition for this Virginia tech offense to, you know, keep their defense on the sideline and rest and, and to stay on the field. I don't know what Braxton Burmeister's health is, Joey. I was like, going to ask if you had an update on him or what that quarterback situation looks like. Oh, all right. Well, so, so Fuente says that Burmeister's good to go Saturday. And Burmeister, you know, was at practice and throwing yesterday and and today. So, like, I don't know how how hurt he is, but he's not he's not 100 percent. I think that's that's the only safe assumption at this point is that Burmeister is not 100 percent. How significant that injury was that he had when he essentially got dead arm in the second half of the Notre Dame game. How significant that injury is, is kind of up in the air. But we know Burmeister is not 100 percent. We know Virginia Tech can't really run the football with any level of consistency. And we know that Virginia Tech's offense, when presented with short yardage, 
opportunities both inside the red zone and outside of it, they haven't been able to consistently convert on those opportunities. So in close games, Virginia Tech, uh, in close games against good teams, Virginia Tech has fallen short. You know, Notre Dame, West Virginia. The only reason they didn't fall short against North Carolina is because uh, Sam Howell literally had nobody to throw to that entire game. Like, nobody to throw to. Well, no, he had Josh Downs. It's just that Josh Downs was covered, and then he has no idea what to do after that. Yeah. I think I think Pitt wins close. I'm going to go Virginia Tech. I really like Virginia Tech to cover if this gets to, like, a touchdown. You know, Pat Narduzzi has never beaten Justin Fuente at Lane Stadium. I don't think that stat really matters all that much because he's been close a couple times. But I have a hard time picking Pitt on the road to just, like, outright pull away and blow Virginia Tech out with the way Virginia Tech's defense has played by and large. And Pitt has been susceptible to laying eggs on the road in the past. So I think I think Pitt wins because I think they're playing better football right now. I think Virginia Tech keeps it close because, you know, I think Virginia Tech's played okay. I, I think they they played pretty well against Notre Dame. It's just they, they couldn't convert when it mattered. They, they played pretty well for most of the West Virginia game, especially in the second half. They just couldn't convert when it counted. So now if you get into a close game against Pitt, can you convert when it counts? Like, that's that's what it takes for this Virginia Tech team. They haven't quit yet. We, we've seen Virginia Tech teams quit in the, in the past under Fuente. This team doesn't seem like it's quitting. And this team is playing well for for points of games. <laughs> <laughs> Any other team in the ACC, I guess. So, so I, I think this is a high Yeah. High variability team. I'm on Virginia Tech to cover. I think Pittsburgh wins. I am on the under. I'm putting 10, 10 Van Gorder coin on the under. I don't think I don't think either team gets to 30 points. Um, I think if, if Pitt gets to 30, not only is the total in trouble, but I think Virginia Tech's getting blown out. That's that's possible. Yeah. Um I I can definitely see a possibility where Pittsburgh just comes out hot, but at the same time, Pittsburgh coming off a bye week. I mean, who knows that, you know, the passing game could get out of rhythm. I I, I will say to your point, like, is this the best defense that Pittsburgh has played? I I mean, depends on how you'd rank Virginia Tech's defense against UMass, Tennessee, Western Michigan, New Hampshire, and Georgia Tech. And um, I, you know, if it were me, yeah, I, I would probably agree that Virginia Tech's the best defense they've played. Um, don't sleep on New Hampshire though. They only gave up 77 to Pittsburgh. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was, it, got, it was close for a minute there. Um, yeah. Like, like do I think toss. that Virginia tech is going to keep up their stretch of scoring 40 points in every single game so far this year? No, I don't think so. Like, I, I think this is probably the week where that ends. And if not, then it's probably next week when they host Clemson. Like, yeah. Right. One of these two defenses is gonna is gonna slow him down and uh, at least cause him some issues. It's just a question of does Kenny Pickett turn the ball over in a lot of cases. Um, I just again, Mike, this this advanced metric I started tracking recently. Um, I, I'm just the vibes are not very good out of Virginia Tech right now. Um, I I don't know if I can trust them. It, it's I don't like giving five with Pitt on the road in this spot in particular, but just with the way these teams have been playing, I, I, I'm going to keep picking against Virginia Tech. I guess give me yeah. Pittsburgh. I, I think they win by seven to ten points. 
Yeah, the vibes are bad amongst the fan base. I'm not sure how bad the vibes are in the locker room yet. Like, they've lost two one-score games. So, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I think I do, I do think if Pittsburgh wins this game by 10 to 14 points, I think you could start seeing some quit in Virginia Tech. Like, now you have three losses. Now you don't control your destiny in the Coastal anymore. Like, stuff starts slipping out of, out of your grasp. I mean, Virginia Tech, it's weird. They're... Their back is against the wall, but they're also in the driver's seat in the Coastal going into this game. So I don't know who that says more about. Well, Probably and, and the Coastal. I, I think the thing to keep an eye on is with the way that this game plays out is if if this is like a kind of a blowout at halftime situation, if, if we go into halftime and somehow pits up like 28 to 10 or something like that, it, it reminds me that kind of situation would remind me of a couple of years ago when Georgia tech played at uh, Louisville on a Friday night under Petrino and Van Gorder and all them in, in Louisville. And it was Paul Johnson's last year. And I think they were up like 35 to 10 or 35 to seven at halftime or something. And like, that was the point where you could basically watch like physically Louisville's team just quit yeah. And it was I mean the first half of that game versus the second half of that game were very different from an effort standpoint and it never came back for Louisville. And I think that's on the table for Virginia Tech if if Pitt were to jump out to a big lead here. And if it yeah. and if it doesn't happen, then it's a really good thing. Like it it says good things if they continue to play hard and and fight and all that, but I think it's on the table if if Pitt gets out to a big lead early. Agree. All that said, I think I'm going to take the under as well because I like 57 and a half. Like, I don't think Pitt's getting to 40 here. And if they don't get to 40, I mean, yeah, like this is like this. This is like 31, 21 or something to me. Like, so, yeah, give me the under. I feel pretty good about that. Give me uh, give me 20 on the under. I'm thinking like 27, 24 Pitt. That's what I'm thinking. Something close competitive. Yeah. Close competitive. Don't get blown out. You give just enough glimmers of hope for the fan base only for it to be crushed at the end of the game and the message boards to be on fire again. There you go. That'll do. Just how we like it. Of course. Go ACC. All right. Pitt and the under for me. Virginia Tech and the under for you. We both have Van Gorder coin on the under. So keep an eye on that. Mike, 3.30 p.m. on the ACC network. Same time, different network. The Miami Hurricanes, a seven and a half point underdog on the road in Chapel Hill, taking on North Carolina. The total is 63 and a half. And Mike, as we all predicted, this is the preseason ACC Coastal Championship game between two teams that are basically not going to win the division. No way, no how at this point. I mean, for those of you who call us experts, this is why you shouldn't call us experts. <laughs> <laughs> Expert is a strong word, Mike. For those of you who say that we know slightly more than you do, Smoon Hooch. <laughs> Smoon Hooch's dog. Who? Oh, wait, no, that was, uh, that was uh, the other review. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. I messed that up. Uriah. Uriah. Uh... <laughs> We, we don't always know slightly more than you do. I uh, have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Literally no idea. I think 
I think, I think I picked North Carolina just from the standpoint of they have their starting quarterback. But is that a good thing? It, uh, man, you want to talk about somebody like as a quarterback who the first two years of development and then has like been a really terrible year three. Like this is one of the bigger regressions I feel like I've seen. Like he's like, how has Sam Howell almost become a better contributor in the run game than in the pass game? I'm still trying to figure out how much of this is his fault. I I don't think he's without blame here. I don't know. Oh, well, no, what? Well, slow down. I'm not saying he's without blame. I'm not saying that. I just wonder how much of this is his fault. Like, how much blame are we are we passing on on to Sam Howell for the offense's inconsistency? It's definitely some. Honestly, like at least half. Like, so that's interesting. That's interesting. Kind of a lot, I, I think, if it pertains to the offensive line, right? Later on. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm sitting here running back through in my head. Like, there's basically like four groups or four, you know, in, there are four bodies that I feel like need to be blamed. One being Sam Howell, two being Phil Longo, three being the offensive line, and four being the wide receivers. Like, where's where does Mac Brown fall in this list? I. I what does Mac Brown do over there on the sideline other than just like look grumpy and sometimes go get a drink of water? Like the old. Yeah. Like he, he's just over there, like supervising Phil Longo and letting Phil Longo do his thing. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Mac Brown should take play calling responsibilities. No, no. Oh my God. Yeah. No, X's and O's wizard Mac Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like giving Dabo the controls. Hey, pass me the sticks. Hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. Hold my hold my diet Pepsi. <laughs> There's got to be like a a little like sound drop we could play here from when Mac was doing color on uh on like Friday night ESPN broadcasts back in 2015 or whenever. <laughs> oh, and everybody was making fun of his lack of X's and O's prowess. It's like, where's everybody been? <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. This guy is. This guy is the college football CEO. Oh yeah, like the prototype. He, he is like he's like Exhibit A, right? There's the X's and O's guys like Saban, and uh, I'm basically any assistant who's ever played for Saban, <laughs> like Kirby. We make fun of Muschamp, but like Muschamp, there's like the X's and O's football guys, and then there's the Mac Brown, Dabo. Uh, the good old boy, play Helton. Yeah, like, it's true. Yeah, so, I don't know. I Phil, back to this don't game. Let I, Mac, I don't let Mac play calls. Call plays. It's late. It, and, but would it be any worse? Okay, so <laughs> scapegoat might not necessarily be Jay Bateman. We already talked about this. Speaking of so, people who might not be doing their jobs, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Carolina wants to do a quarterback switch, Miami is trying Tyler Van Dyke in this game because Derek King, as we alluded to, has shoulder surgery and is out for the season. By the way, have we have have we like referred to the story of Jake Garcia on this show? Do you oh, know boy. the story of Jake Garcia? I I don't believe I do. 
Um, all right, all right. So just because it seems like this is the time to tell it, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, Jake Garcia, who is a freshman at Miami, um, he he was recruited by Miami, uh, signed last year out of uh, Grayson, out you know outside of Atlanta, basically uh, played quarterback there, obviously. Um, there was something to do with, I believe like eligibility during COVID or like wanting to transfer or something to where, um, to, to make sure that Jake Garcia would be eligible to play his senior year of high school. His parents got a divorce. (laughs) If I am not, if I'm not mistaken, like that was the story was, yeah. Okay. So yeah, here we go. Jake Garcia's parents had to legally separate for the four-star quarterback to be eligible to play after transferring to another high school. (laughs) So that whole, like, it means more thing that the SEC runs out there, I think that's kind of what they're talking about, is that people will go to stupid lengths for this kind of thing. But sure. So his parents, so you're telling me that his parents divorced in honor of his football career? Instead of sitting out the final season of his high school football career, Garcia found an opening with Rush Probst Valdosta High School program in Georgia. So he packed his bags, moved across the country, and plans to finish his high school career at Valdosta before signing with USC. I believe that's referring to South Carolina. Um, I don't think... uh, No, actually, the Trojans. Sorry, the Western USC. Um, Georgia requires all moves like this to be a, quote, bona fide move meaning the athlete must move with his parents in order to be eligible to play. Garcia's mom, Yvonne, couldn't make the move from California to Georgia because of her job, so his father, Randy, legally separated from his wife to move with Jake to the Peach State. This according to Saturday Down South over a year ago. So, next question. Do his parents love each other still? (laughs) I think so. I think it's a loving marriage from what I can tell. They just, there's like legal loopholes that they're trying to exploit via divorce to make sure the kid can play football. Like if if not, (laughs) I mean, it is the South after all Jake Garcia can, or I'm not Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia's dad can find himself a long lost East coast cousin. (laughs) But are they kissing cousins? Miami, I'm t- uh, Mike, I'm taking Miami outright. I think Miami wins this game. Wow. That took a turn with yep. Tyler Van Dyke. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke and the whole thing. Miami plus seven and a half. Let's lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock, you lock it up. What? Lock it up. lock it up. Please. There's no rules, Mike. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, before, before you continue, <laughs> are you locking up like a money line Miami or are you locking up a plus seven and a half Miami? No, Mike, it's late. I've been drinking, but I'm not that crazy. I'm not locking up Miami money line. I'm going to lock okay. up well, Miami in the seven and a half, but I do think that I, you know what, what the hell? They win this game outright. I'm not locking that. Okay. Piece up. Wait. Lock up the spread, but I think they also win the game outright. Locking up money line and that actually working out would be much more lucrative for you, though. <laughs> it really would. Let me go pull up uh, betus.com here and see what my money line odds would be. Good podcasting. No, this is not good. It's not going well. Where did it go? All right, search function. 
Uh, I would get plus 240 on Miami. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's worth considering. Here's you know the what thing, my Mike. gauge is? Joey, like, you know what my gauge is? What's that? For, for money line bets. It's, it's like plus 180-ish. And then past that, just go for it? <laughs> hey, man, it's it's the crack at 330. <laughs> You're tired after a long noon window. You decide to fire on Miami money line against Carolina with a backup quarterback. And not the one whose parents divorced to uh, to make sure he could play high school football. Nope, the other backup. Uh, Mike, I've got Miami outright in this game because, A, I don't think that North Carolina can block Miami's front on passing plays or running plays. Yep. Uh, B, I think that Manny Diaz is coaching for his job and is going to be able to scheme up just enough to like disrupt North Carolina's passing game. And C, I think you saw a little bit at the end of the Virginia game that Miami's offense could figure a little bit of something out against a North Carolina defense that has been more than willing to give it up on the ground or through the air. And I think they're going to give it up in this game. I, like, do I think North Carolina is or should be the better team? Yeah. Did I pick North Carolina to win the division and maybe go like 7-1 and one in conference? Yeah. Did I think you were a little silly for picking Miami to win the division? Yeah. <laughs> Am I now picking against Miami in the game that I thought was going to decide the Coastal? Yeah. And am I now picking against North Carolina in the game I thought was going to decide the Coastal? Yeah, I am. Also, yeah. Also, yeah. This is a bad matchup for North Carolina. Give me Miami outright. I think Miami wins the game. So give me Miami. I'm locking up Miami to cover seven and a half. Uh, give me 20 Van Gordercoin on the on the Canes. What the hell? Get weird. I didn't think this at the beginning of the year, but I, th- I think it now. I still think Carol- Carolina's better. I-, I think they're better still. But are they a lot better? No. <laughs> if they lose this game, yeah. I- I'm just going to trust Sam Howell. I don't do that a lot, but I do it this time. <laughs> no, this you once. do not. Not at all. Hey, this has been less about Sam Howell. I will say that I've been pretty consistent that it's been – Less about Sam Howell and more about the talent around Sam Howell. I have said that. Now, does he hold on to the ball too long? Yeah. The offensive line bad? Yeah. Do they have a receiver outside Josh Downs? Nah, brother. They do not. They do not have a receiver outside of Josh Downs. So, I mean, Miami, if you can get a pass rush and lock Josh Downs up, probably going to win the game. It's very possible. But, yeah, give me Carolina. I'll take, I'll take the under, I think. 63 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll go under on that as well. No Van Gorder coin. I mean, Miami's playing a backup quarterback. So I, and I get that Van Dyke was, was better at the end of the UVA game. Uh, second half, he was actually much better. But he struggled in the first half, and I think that he might be a little bit hot and cold. And Sam Howell, as we know, is a little bit hot and cold. So yeah, I think it goes under. Yeah. I mean, Virginia's passing defense in terms of yards per attempt is 12th in the ACC. North Carolina is 11th. So whatever resistance he was seeing from Virginia, Tyler Van Dyke might not see a whole lot of anything different from uh, North Carolina here, just for what that's worth. We tried to tell you. We tried. We tried. Well, you tried mostly, but anyway. You try to work. (laughs) All right. Uh, Miami... Locked up for me in the under. North Carolina and the under for you. No uh, no wager there. Enjoy that, you sicko. Have fun. Last one, Mike. 
12.30 on ESPN3 is the good old-fashioned Jefferson Pilot game that we love and adore. Check your local listings. The Duke Blue Devils, a 10.5-point underdog on the road in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. I have no earthly idea what to do with this game, Mike. I do. Duke, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, buddy. Lock it up. Please. Goodness. Yeah, buddy. Okay, you you are as confident in Duke as maybe I have ever been. Duke's got an offensive identity, Joey. That has plagued UVA's defense this year, facing teams that have offensive identities. Duke's got that. They run the ball well. And his Gunner name Holmberg is Mateo Durant. <laughs> yes, he is good. He's very good. Uh, Gunnar Holmberg has been good, too. He's taking care of the football. He's completing a high percentage of his passes. The offensive line has been much better than I anticipated. Duke can score with Virginia. That sounds absurd. Duke can score with Virginia. Virginia's defense, very up and down. Very up and down. They go through stretches where they won't give up a scoring drive in like five or six possessions. And then they'll give up like six or seven touchdowns. Yeah, they they got. Let me, let me think about how I should uh, how I should phrase this. Actually, scratch all that. I was gonna, I was gonna try to make gonna try and make a clever pun. Just just scratch just scratch all that. I'm just going to to take Duke to cover ten and a half. That's a lot of points. I mean that that's implying that Virginia's defense is going to consistently get stops, and I just don't see that happening. I think Virginia can score. I'm sorry. I think Duke can score with Virginia. I think Virginia likely wins the football game. They are at home, and they are the better team. But I think Duke can definitely keep this within two scores. So I like the Blue Devils here. And I, and I probably like the under as well, even though I just said all that stuff about you know Duke being able to score with UVA. 69.5 is still a lot, and I want to hedge a little bit. I want to hedge a little bit on, on Duke maybe just being bad. Also... Duke could also be good and like hang around and Armstrong can throw his, you know, on schedule one to two interceptions per game and, and make sure that this thing doesn't go over as well. That's fair enough. That's on the table. Um, I, Mike, I don't know if you saw this today. Um, a little, a little birdie told me that Mateo Durant actually hasn't been practicing this week. They, they haven't been able to convince him to come out of that cryo regen chamber that they have because he had 43 carries for like 170 yards last week against Georgia Tech. He's still sore. He's still sore. He's, that's not that's not true at all. I just made that up entirely. But He's been in there since Saturday. Yeah. Uh, he's been sleeping in there. Uh, at this point, Surviving he's Surviving on nothing but breadcrumbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that guy a beer. Um, I look like I again. I don't know what to do with this. I think over is the right play. Um, I think you're on the under. I, I don't trust Virginia's defense to get stops. They like well, okay, they will sometimes, but not that much. I think Duke is you know whatever they lack talent wise on offense, and they they're not as bad I think talent wise as they have been in a couple of previous years. I I, I kind of like Gunnar Holmberg. Um, I kind of like Jake Bobo. I, like they've got a couple guys there on offense, other than Mateo Durant, that you know that can do some things. That's kind of nice. I think they're well coached still. I think they get you know some pretty decent play calling and scheme going at, at times. And so, 
like, like I think they will be able to use that to take advantage of Virginia's defense. Um, I think Virginia still wins this game, but I guess give me Duke. I don't feel strongly about it like at all. Um, I, I guess give me Duke to cover the 10 and a half. Maybe Virginia wins this like, uh, let's see, 69 and a half would be like 38, 31 is almost right on the money. So Virginia, like, you know, 42, 35, something like that. One of the interesting Cap. things too, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking to see is, is does Duke do anything different with their kicking situation? Uh, after Charlie Ham missed two of his four field goal attempts last week. Like, is, is that, you know, if he goes out and misses the first one, does Duke start going for it on fourth downs and stuff? Just saying, forget it. Like, I think that's on the table as well. So it's something to keep an eye on here. Um, Give me Duke to cover, but I think Virginia wins this game. Like I, I'm not, I'm not afraid that Virginia might lose it, Mike. Because as we all know, what what is it we say about Virginia? Virginia's awesome. That's correct, Mike. They sure are. They sure are. We we agree. <laughs> Mike is so mad. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that went poorly for me. This is the gift that keeps on giving, man. This is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We'll, we'll get, we'll get you. We'll get you back. Uh, we will. We certainly will. Uh, Mike, you locked up Duke. I, did I miss your Van Gorder coin wager on this? Yeah, you did. Cause I didn't give you one. Uh, that would explain a lot. Yeah. Give me like 15 Van Gorder coin on Duke. I love it. 15 on Duke. We both have Duke. Uh, you've got it locked up for 15 Van Gorder coin. I've got the over. You've got the under. No wagers on those. Mike, that's all we've got in terms of proper canon ACC games. However, we must complete one more game, Michael. And that is, of course, the Bowling Green Falcons. A nine-point underdog on the road taking on the Northern Illinois Huskies. Uh, Mike, as we all know, the Northern Illinois Huskies are really, really good this year. Uh, they have even a win over one of our fine ACC teams, as it turns out. Can Bowling Green cover nine against the big, bad, dominant Northern Illinois Huskies? As you know, Joey, I have a golden retriever, much like you do. Good boy. Yes. Named Tucker. Tucker hates Huskies. <laughs> well, Tucker might be racist. I don't know. Yeah, he might, might be. That dog racist. That <laughs> bastard. I cannot, in good conscience, pay against my golden retriever. <laughs> Joey, give me the Falcons, baby. Do <laughs> up the sound. Calling the Falcons, Mike. Atta boy. I like it. I like it. Northern Illinois wins. Bowling Green covers, to be clear. that It's that post-Brian Van Gorder Bowling Green defense that we got to look out for here, Mike. That's what, that's what we need. These aren't, these aren't your granddaddy's Falcons. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, yeah, Bowling Green, sure. Plus the nine. Last week is the first time all year they haven't covered. Let's get back to those covering ways, Bowling Green. On the road. What Nor could go wrong? <laughs> Northern Illinois... Uh, 34-27. Bowling Green covers. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. Points. That's right. All right, Mike, let's recap here real quick. Again, five ACC games. Uh, we both have Syracuse in the under. I've got 15 Van Gorder coin on Syracuse and on the under. Uh, I have locked up NC State, as have you. We both have 20 Van Gorder coin on that. Uh, I have locked up Miami with 20 Van Gorder coin. You have locked up Duke plus the 10.5 with 15 Van Gorder coin. And we both are on the under in Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech. I have 20 Van Gorder coin. You have 10 on that game. And I believe that is all for our wagers this week. So once again, I locked up NC State plus or NC State minus three, as did you. I locked up Miami plus seven and a half, and you locked up Duke plus the ten and a half. So uh, go find those. Maybe we'll actually get one of our locks correct this week and you know improve on what we did last week. We'll say that. Wouldn't count on it but it's out there <laughs> at your own risk mike at your own risk mike this is the part of the show where we take a look real quick and see are there other games that you're interested in this week from a uh, wagering perspective thursday night memphis minus 10 and a half at home against navy are you kidding me Ooh, at your own risk man i don't know i thought navy was i was gonna i was ready to leave navy for dead here a couple weeks ago and they've actually been improving and memphis has been really kind of underwhelming like I almost kind of lean the other way on that. Navy might be rounding into shape here Ooh. a little bit. Hmm, okay. I might go Navy in the 10 All right. and a half there. All right, you got fire on that, huh? I mean, am I going to fire on it? Or, like, <laughs> if I had to go one way or the other, which way would I go? Like, <laughs> If you had to go one way or the other, which way would you go? Navy. Navy. If you had to fire on Navy or Memphis. Uh, totals 56 under you bastard. <laughs> oh, you bastard. Uh, that's what they call okay. me. On to, <laughs> that's what I call you anyway. On to <laughs> games that matter. Uh, I have an intriguing one now. I'm not sure where we're, we're I know this is games we're interested in betting, but I'm interested just to hear your thoughts on this game. Oklahoma State is a five-point underdog on the road at Texas. And the reason why I bring this game up, do I think Texas is better than Oklahoma State? Yes. Do I think Oklahoma could beat Texas twice? Yes. Yeah, that was the first place my mind went was like big letdown spot here for Texas. Like, in like you're saying, definitely a let Oklahoma beat you twice kind of spot. I think that's, I think that's there. Yep. I, I think Oklahoma State plus plus the five is the is the play. I don't know if I, I if they did that plus one seventy on the money line for Oklahoma State is not a bad play in my mind. Yeah, I'm probably going to stay away because I do think Texas is better. I think Oklahoma State's quarterback situation is. I'm Spencer Sanders is just dicey. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if I'm confident enough to just bet Oklahoma state, but I think I agree with you. If you're going to bet it, bet it money line. One game. I really like Arkansas minus four and a half at home against Auburn. The demise of Arkansas is greatly exaggerated. Joey, I think Arkansas is <laughs> a good team. I think Arkansas is good, man. I, I think they win this game. I good for Auburn for giving it the old college try against Georgia. They got absolutely sad on <laughs> You know, I just oh for sure. I, I like Arkansas there. I like Arkansas there at home. Am I an idiot if I want Minnesota plus four at home against Nebraska? 
you are an idiot. I'm on Nebraska there. I think Nebraska is definitively better. Nebraska is the best three and four team in the country. I, and I get that, but again, in the in the vein of letting Michigan beat you twice territory, like well, after a, a home game at night on national television to lose the way that they did, and then to pick up and go on the road to a desperate Minnesota team, like that's not a good a spot for Nebraska to be favored. If you're going to subscribe to the don't let the last week opponent last week's opponent, I'm sorry, I can't talk because it's almost one in the morning Eastern time. If you're going to subscribe to the, hey, let's not let last week's opponent beat us twice, then yeah, I, I go with Minnesota. Couldn't be me, though, but yeah, <laughs> go with Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, oh. Minnesota's had a hell of a season so far. I mean, kind of kept it close and were competitive with Ohio State the first week. Uh, barely beat Miami of Ohio. Beat the hell out of Colorado in Colorado. Lost to Bowling Green on the field as a 31-point favorite. And then barely knocked off Purdue two weeks ago by seven. Like now off a of bye week against yeah yeah yeah. This is a spot. Give me give me Minnesota probably plus one sixty on the money line. I, I, Here we I get, go. FCS. Oh, sorry. Continue. I just no. I get I get that Nebraska is not like as left for dead as we thought they were after the Illinois game, but this is a spot, man. Give me give me Minnesota here. Okay, let's move on. I got one. FCS Go game of the week, Yale against UConn. UConn's almost an FCS school. Give me Yale, Joey. Yeah, do we have a spread on that yet? I I don't in front of me, but Yale outright. Yeah, well, f- Yale might be the favorite in that game. Like, don't, don't get too ahead of yourself taking the points with Yale. You might not have points to take. Yeah. Yeah. Yale, though. Seriously, yeah. I agree. Agree. All right, I, I want your take on Kentucky at Georgia. I, Kentucky's a nice story. I don't. I don't see it. I kind of like Kentucky in the twenty-three. Like, like, do I think Kentucky's going to threaten to win this game outright? No. Like, I'm not. I'm not that dumb. I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. But again, Georgia's offense is is so simple. It, it, and it's so straightforward, and they do so little like that's interesting. Like, do I think Kentucky's defense can limit that? Plus, Kentucky's offense has started doing some kind of interesting things in recent weeks. Like, could they score 10 to 14 points here against Georgia and win that? Or, you know, and Georgia wins the game like, you know, 28 to 10 or something? Yeah. Like, I think that's on the table. I, I, I I'm not fully convinced with this Georgia team, and I realize what they've looked like, and I realize what they've done to who they've played. This team's good, Joey. They're good, good. Their defense—they have the best defense in the country. Like, you know, some people might say Iowa or whoever. Like, no, Georgia's defense is the best in the country. That's to be sure. Their offense is like good enough. Yeah, but is it good enough to to put up? I don't know, forty points on a good defense? No, I don't think so. But they don't really play good defenses at this point. They scored. They, yeah, that offense put up three points against Clemson, Mike. Like, yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, I just don't know. Out of the contenders for the college football playoff, I don't know which one is good enough to outright stop Georgia. Like Alabama's defense, fraudulent. Ohio State's defense, uh, not, not elite. Very exploitable. Um, very exploitable. Like Iowa's defense, you know, if you 
if Iowa were to win the Big Ten, sure, Iowa's defense could absolutely slow down Georgia. Do I think Georgia could score enough, though? Like, I, how many points is Iowa scoring in that game? George, like, we Georgia talked about would Georgia beat Iowa like 14-3. to 3. <laughs> Yeah, and look like really good doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it would look worse. Like, how many? We sure Iowa score in three? <laughs> Yeah, like, that offense kind of sucks. They would, they would, uh, you know, they would call on Iowa turnover Jesus at some point and force yeah. a fumble that they would recover on like the four yard line and kick a field goal. That has yeah, been effective. That has been that has been an effective play for them. That play has worked for them several times this year. Yes, it has. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think. I think I'm on. I think I'm on Georgia in this game. I'm not sure. I would bet it unless it got down to like. 21-ish. I just saw what Georgia did to Auburn. It was 34 to 10. They just kind of sat on him. I could see the same thing here. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure how well Kentucky can move the ball if they're not running for 300 yards a game. You know what I mean? Like, I think Georgia's going to slow down or outright stop Kentucky's running game. It's a matter for me more of, like, Kentucky's defense against Georgia's offense, to your point. Like, do you believe that Kentucky's defense is definitively better than Auburn? I think they're probably better than Auburn's defense, but is it like so much so that it's going to be a lot different from last week? I mean, that's the question you have to decide for for yourself if you're playing this game. Right, right. Uh, for what it's worth, SP Plus says Georgia is 19 points better, even in you know in the home environment. So yeah, yep. Like they're better. They're going to win the game. the The team totals I'm seeing are 33 and a half and 10 and a half, and I don't think I want really a whole lot of anything to do with either of those numbers. Like, I guess yeah. those are pretty much right exactly where I see them ending up is Kentucky scoring like 7 to 14 and Georgia scoring like 24 to 35 or so. And it's like, mm, I'll, I'll leave those alone. So, yeah, if, I, if I'm taking anything in that game, it's probably Kentucky and the points. I'm a sick bastard, but I like Kansas plus 16 and a half against Texas Tech. Texas Tech, risk, low key Texas Tech low-key kind of sucks. Kansas high-key kind of sucks. <laughs> like, Give me David Beatty over Matt Wells to cover two and a half scores. David Beatty hadn't been the coach there in like three years. Oh, not David Beatty. I'm sorry. Uh, Lance Leipold. <laughs> Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold is what I meant. It's late. It is 12.51 a.m. on the East Coast. Lance, um, Lance Leipold is even more definitive to my point. Yeah. Uh, I like Ole Miss minus 2.5 and, and over 82.5. I, I love oh. Ole Miss. I, I'm actually going to probably bet that game. Ole Miss. <laughs> Ole Miss. Give over, me Matt Corral. Over 82.5 and in Ole Miss, Tennessee. <laughs> Brother. I've seen Hendon Hooker in a shootout before, and he's got his limitations. <laughs> Give me Matt Corral. <laughs> yeah, Hooker's been very good, by the way. He's been very good, but give me give me Matt Corral there. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see what else. I think that might be it. Oh, no, 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 no. I got one. I I got one. I love you on UTEP. So plus I had a few I like. Who UTEP plus seven at home against Louisiana Tech. Oh, <laughs> you UTEP is a home dog. It's very enticing. <laughs> it's very enticing. Um, I was thinking Army plus 14 against Wisconsin. I get what the 
the struggle there would be, okay, Wisconsin's defensive front against Army's offensive line. Like, that could be problematic. Uh, Speaking of teams, Georgia would beat, like, 14-3. to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. And would look good doing it. How does anybody look good winning 14 to 3? Like Ask Alabama. They've done that in the past. Oh man, we've yeah. just thrown out so many lines, but there's probably only a, a handful of these I'm actually going to bet. Oh, um one I'm definitely going to bet that we just glossed over. I'm betting on Baylor my six and a half at home against BYU. BYU just came off of a tough loss to Boise, but the way that BYU got dominated up front, I really worry about how they're going to look against the Baylor defense. It's been actually pretty decent. I worry about BYU there on the road. It's worth worrying about. So I will I will bet BYU the BYU Baylor game. If I can bet Yale outright, I will. I'm going to be betting Nebraska uh, minus the four on the road. Ooh, what else? I like Kansas, but probably not enough to bet them. Uh, 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 I, oh, I will be betting Ole Miss minus two and a half. I think there's a better team. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little early, Tennessee. A little early. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, that's where I'm at. I love it. Good stuff, Mike. It's late. Let's get out of here. Let's go watch some games and come back yep. and recap them. How's that sound? Yep. All right. Uh, until then, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, all the places you can go find podcasts, go find us there. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Check us out on Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Give us more reviews, please, on Apple. We will read them live on the air. Assuming they're not like adult content. Yeah, we'll, we will read them on the air. We will. We'll still, we still might read them on the air depending on what time we record. And even if it's a shit review, because I can say that now because it's 1 a.m., even if it's a shit review, we will read it on the air and probably laugh at it. So make sure to give us five stars, though. Seriously, five stars. Thank God the FCC is not listening to this podcast anymore, Mike. Thank God. Big Brother's always watching. (laughs) Mike, you want to go watch some games, come back and recap them? Yep. It's going to be weird. Get weird. It's going to be weird. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. And until next time, go ACC.